This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It's a Friday episode of Steelers Standard. It's you should already know what that means. Light it up, baby. I already want to hear it. I already want to feel it. I already want to roast Did my chestnuts over it. I didn't make a fire yesterday, no. Fire, I think, is more... Christmassy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can always make a fire when it's Unless it's a Friday here, and then it's always fire time. Fireside Friday, getting underway here on the Steelers standard. Tom Offerman and Jacob Recht. Let's dive into the Thanksgiving game action. Um, And let's dive into the fact that I won my parlay and picked all three games correctly. Wow. So, you're welcome. Nice little... You're welcome to who? Myself. You're welcome to myself. Nice that, wasn't, little, that wasn't your triple play Nice picks. little chunk of change that I walked away with there, but that Bears-Lions game was abysmal. Yeah, It was an affront to football. I can't believe I watched the entire thing of it. That game deserved to end in a tie. Yeah, it did, and I thought it was going to at several moments in that football game, but the Lions are so unlucky, man. Like It sucks. It really pains me that they were up 14-13, to 13 and Andy Dalton had... 80 yards to go and seven minutes on the clock and he just decided to milk the entire clock and drive slow play drive him down the field and kick a chip shot field goal to win 16 to 14 i mean he killed seven minutes of game clock on that last drive to get that game winning field goal for the bears they're never going to win a game i thought this was going to be the one i thought that Lions over Bears at home, Thanksgiving Day. The crowd's juiced up. It's kind of like your Super Bowl if you're the Detroit Lions because it's the only game where you're on national TV all year long. I mean, and to have Andy Dalton be the one that rips it away from you with the methodical field goal drive at the end. Yeah, they're never winning a game this year. They're going 0-16-1. I don't know 17 the rest, what the rest of their schedule looks like. They have the Falcons. is the only game I look at as potentially a winnable one. The Falcons, what, have five wins on the year right now? They're four. Four, er, four wins. Yeah, four wins for the Falcons right now. Yeah, four and six. But they play... Uh, they play the Jags this week, so it could be you could be just seeing into the future that they're going to have five wins after. It wouldn't this shock one. me if the Jaguars win that game. But yeah, Both I, I think the Lions are done. Oh, 17 and one. I think this is their last oh, best shot. That's disgusting. Especially when you think about who that one was at the hands of. That's what I'm saying. The next game was an amazing football game. I mean, we'll be lucky if we had a game as good as the Raiders and Cowboys all week, honestly. Raiders were handling it out to a lead, out to a double-digit lead at some times, and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys had a ferocious uh, comeback. And I honestly think that the Cowboys really could have and should have probably won this football game. I think that They the, absolutely should have. Their comeback, even after they got into a hole and had to come back, I think that they need Dak needed to make some plays down the stretch in order to uh, to solidify their chances at winning. And the one that really stands out to me is uh, whoever number eighty five is for the Cowboys receiver was playing because of the injury to Lamb and Cooper. Dak had him on an out route in overtime that would have been an easy first down on the third and four, third and five. Threw it right behind him. Receiver couldn't make a spectacular catch on it because he's a third or fourth string receiver after all. And they punt the ball away, and Derek Carr ends up hitting another deep bomb down the field. They're right in field goal range. They ice this thing with a, a field goal. Raiders walk away with a win. So 
I think Dak did a lot of really good things in this game to bring them back, but I also think he was the reason why they weren't able to finish it off. And that inconsistency from him has got to be the biggest worry as you head into the stretch run. A team that we thought had such an easy schedule, they would walk their way to the number one seed, is now at 7-4. and four. And the Philadelphia Eagles are kind of creeping up on them. I'm not saying it to you. you. you I'm saying it if you're a Cowboys fan, though. Like, it was so comfortable all of a sudden, and now it's kind of just flipped on its head on you. And I'm not saying they're going to catch you. You still have a two-game cushion and a win against them and another game to go against them. But, like, you should have been sleepwalking to the East Crown, and now you have to kind of wake back up and and take care of business. It's no longer just going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Right. I, I tried to say, are the Philadelphia Eagles sneakily this in the in the hunt for the playoffs type of team? And I was quickly set told, no, this is just this is not going to happen. But here they are, with the Dallas Cowboys sitting at seven and four, and the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at five and six. So a win away over the Giants this Sunday from being a game behind the Cowboys in the win column, being six and six. Right. Right, it's only two games back in the loss, but yeah, I, I totally see your point. And knowing how bad the Giants are, they fired Jason Garrett thinking that would solve all of their problems after the Monday night loss against the Buccaneers earlier this week. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens will take care of everything. Mm. That's who they handed the reins to. Freddie Kitchens, uh, is he still wearing a, a specific T-shirt by any chance? Oh, yeah, I remember that. The the Pittsburgh's yeah, the Pittsburgh Steelers t-shirt. started it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I Pittsburgh mean, started I, I, if, if Philadelphia does what they're supposed to do, expect them to be one win behind the Dallas Cowboys. If they suck on uh, Sunday, Freddie Kitchens will wear a Jason Garrett started it T-shirt to his post-game press conference. Hey, I didn't, I didn't do the bad things. Freddie Kitchens is the kind of guy who takes over an OC spot and expects to be interviewed as part of the post-game press conference <laughs> slate. He, like, shows up for availability, and they're like, y- you don't do this when you're not a head coach. Do you remember that one time, and it's ironic we're talking about the Giants, the one time when Eli was still in the league and he sat down for his post-game press conference and there was nobody there? <laughs> That's disrespectful. Yeah, I, I, don't know why, I don't know why that happened, but it happened. The other game on Thanksgiving night was the Bills and the Saints. If you were all tripped to fanned out on your couch and missed this one, you didn't miss much. Uh, Bills dominated from start to finish. I will say this. Josh Allen is still a little too loose with that football. Threw two interceptions in this game. He did throw four touchdown passes and did look pretty well for the most part. You're playing a better team offensively than this New Orleans Saints unit that they put out there on Sunday night or on Thursday night. It's not a 31-6 to blowout. Uh, they got lucky because it's Simeon with no Kamara. And mm-hmm. I think they were playing a couple of uh, undrafted guys at wide receiver. And there were a couple undrafted guys on their line. Like, Saints offense was not an NFL caliber offense on Thursday night. And it showed by the fact they only were able to put up six points uh, against the Bills, who are a really good defense. But when you factor They're in that they had two turnovers against the Bills, and you still can only put six points up on the board, I mean – in no way, shape, or form am I saying the Bills are back because of this thing, but you got to kick the crap out of the teams that you're supposed to kick the crap out of, and they did that, so you can't really fault them too much. But I'm not going to sit here and say they look great because you still, you still threw two picks, Josh Allen. You know, if, if that's Jameis Winston with a full uh, repertoire of his offensive line and Alvin Kamara out there, 
Good luck throwing two interceptions against that kind right. of a team. Good luck throwing two interceptions against most teams that are going to be contending with you. <laughs> you want to beat Bill Belichick in a couple weeks on Monday Night Football? Don't throw two interceptions. And Belichick He's turns make you quarterbacks pay. over more than anybody in the league. So Allen's inability to protect the football this year is still a worry spot for me, even though this is a good win for the Bills to get them back on track, get them to seven wins, and, and they'll make the playoffs. But it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be tight, too. And you mentioned – the Bills doing a good job on defense, but they just lost a very big piece. Tredavious White with this possible ACL tear that could lose, that could sideline him for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I know overall they're probably the best defense in football right now, but he is a major part of that. And to lose him, Tom, I'm not saying it's going to be the end-all, be-all, they're 7-4 and four right now. They're going to lose next week to the Pats, lose the following week to the Buccaneers, lose again to the Patriots later down the road. I'm not saying that all comes because of Tredavious White, but it is significant to lose someone like him. Bills get an extra long week this week as they played in the Thursday game. They're off this weekend, obviously, and then they, they don't have Sunday to play at all next weekend because they play Monday night. Oh, is it the Monday it's night game? It's a Monday game? night okay. game at home against the New England Patriots next week, so... Is that the longest a team has ever gone? That's a long bye. Without, That's a long without, bye without, without, without having cons- a bye. Without considering the COVID season of 2020? It's, it's almost pretty- like a second bye mm-hmm. for the Bills. But anybody who's going to complain about that, they had to earn that second bye by turning around and playing a short week before the Thursday night football right. game. So, other yeah, action- let's, let's not forget where, what happened to them coming off the short week. They, they had that bad loss against Indianapolis. Steelers Bengals at one o'clock on Sunday. We all know that. Uh, some other action around the AFC North. We only have to take a visit to one game though, because Ravens and the Brownies are doing battle on Sunday Night Football. The Ravens are a three and a half point home favorite. Lamar is supposed to play in this game, which is big for Baltimore. Kareem Hunt should be back for the Cleveland Browns in this game, so you get the Chubb and Hunt combo back together again. Should be good tidings for the Browns in that game. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, I think. Great matchup on Sunday Night Football. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Obviously, Steelers fans would really like to have a win under their belt against the Bengals while they go into that game and watch it. But in a weird way, you kind of got to pull for the Browns here if you're the Steelers, especially if you beat the Bengals. Because if you beat the Bengals and the Browns pull off this upset against the Ravens, you're a half a game behind the Ravens with Baltimore coming to Heinz Field the next week. So and Not only that, but if the Browns win, they still are – right in it as well yeah so it's kind of a catch-22 because mm-hmm. if the browns lose then you might be able to put a stake in one of the teams that you're fighting with in this north and make it a three-team race instead of a four-team race all while you put a little bit of a damper on the Bengals hopes by beating them but at the same time do you really want the ravens to just get out to a big lead with just those three like i kind of want the ravens to come back down to the same losses as the Bengals and the steelers have and as long as the Ravens keep stacking wins with only that third loss in their loss column, you know that's it's going to get scarier and scarier as the season gets later and later. They could they could end up starting to pull away. I don't know what other non-division games they have. Let me take a look at it. They play the Browns, who is the Browns, the Bengals, and the Steelers. So the only two non-divisional games they have are against the Packers oh and the Rams. Oh my god. It's not going to be an easy road for they the They both Ravens. get them at home, but, like, my God, that's... I, I just can't believe the NFL scheduling committee allowed the Ravens to play 10 games 
and none of those ten games include the Ravens or the the Steelers or the Browns at least once. They've only played the Bengals so far, and it is a crazy stretch run to go Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals on the road, Rams, Steelers, like. It's just rivals and, and good Super teams. Bowl contenders every single time they play. So, you know what? This Ravens team could get punched in the mouth even if they do win this game against Cleveland. So, I take back what I said. Mm. The Ravens could bury the Browns and win this game, and you could still have a good shot at catching them if you're the Steelers because they, they ain't walking through that schedule with just three losses. The only way the Steelers get into the playoffs, I think, is if they win. Right, they're sitting right now at at five, four, and one. They have seven games remaining. Only if they can win six of those final seven games, do I see them having the best chance. I don't see them doing the the weird seven seed seed where they they go five hundred down the stretch and only because of other team circumstances they back their way in. Right, if the Ravens do struggle down the road or down the the final stretch of the season, if the Bengals kind of teeter off and, and, and end up in that that seven win eight win neighborhood on the year and the Browns just continue to struggle because of Baker Mayfield it, it, it's only going to happen to the Steelers if they win I, I don't trust the other three teams doing that and this and the and the Steelers just having good luck while they don't I think the Steelers have to win Looking at the rest of the slate in Week 12, Vegas thinks it's going to be a really tight weekend. There are no double-digit favorites in Week 12. The highest favorite right now on the board, the New England Patriots are a seven-point favorite against the Tennessee Titans. Coincidentally, that's also the best game on the board, in my opinion, between teams with two of the better records in football. But Vegas ain't buying the Tennessee Titans without Derrick Henry going into Foxborough and handling Bill Belichick and being able to keep that game close. They think the Patriots win this by a touchdown at least, and that's surprising to me, but one of those lines, again, Jacob, I've been trying to tell you this, when it looks real bizarre, they usually know what they're talking about. <clears throat> Vikings-Packers last week. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that triple play pick by you in a little bit, but... But, yeah, that's the heaviest favorite all week, seven points. Which Patriots. is wild to me that that's the heavy favorite of the week. Yeah. Because I think the Colts are are, are, are good. I don't know if they're going to be good enough to keep it super competitive. But, still, that's a lot of points to be giving the Patriots the favor of. It is. And I might take the Titans a little later in this episode. But we'll get to that again, like you said, down the road. As far as the actual AFC implications of this game are concerned, I think the Titans need the one seed more than anybody in the AFC. Just I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said the Colts are a hot team. Talking about the Colts Buccaneers, the Titans are still a good team. They are. I, good I just, I just, you're made right error. though. The Colts are a hot team. I know, but it's, it's, it's Titans, Patriots, and I, I was thinking Colts Buccaneers. That's where my mind was. If they don't, we'll get to that in a second. If they don't get the one seed, Tennessee, you got to win a playoff game without Derrick Henry. And I don't like their odds against any of these AFC teams in a first-round playoff game. So, here's the difference, though, Tom, is that Tennessee put themselves in the best position pre-Derrick Henry injury. True, they stacked the wins. They stacked they a couple wins right away. Uh, eight wins is more than a couple. Oh, I thought you meant. And then they stacked two. And then once they he stacked got hurt. two. Right, right, uh, right. One a big one against the Rams that no one thought they'd win, but. You kind of you kind of undo that when you mm -hmm. do that loss to the Texans, though. But still, they're in a good spot. The funny thing is, though, Jacob, if the Patriots win and Baltimore loses to the Browns, 
Is it the Patriots as the number one overall They're seed? They're the number one seed in the entire oh, AFC gosh. conference. Actually, I lied. No, I didn't lie because they'd be 8-4 and four and the Bills would be 7-4. and four. So they'd be the number they one seed heading into the – Yeah, because they haven't had their bye yet. So they'll have that one game, half a game lead heading into that what Monday night game against the Bills. Is Kansas City on the bye this week? Kansas City is, is on, the bye. on the bye this week, so they're stuck at 7-4. and four, I don't so. know what the tiebreaker would have been if, if Kansas City played this week and won. Probably conference. Put them both. Conference record would be the guy who got the one seed, but Patriots are looking at the one seed right now, and I don't want to give Bill Belichick home field advantage in a bye in the playoffs. Uh, that one seed's going to be a really hot contested thing. I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are going to end up sneaking it out but I bet it goes down to week 17, week 18 with three teams still having a hand in the pile, either the Bills and the Patriots, whoever emerges from there, uh, the Chiefs, and then I still think the Titans. I think all three of those teams are going to have their hand in the number one overall seed pile for the remainder of the season. It's just rude to me that the Chiefs had to tease us like this. Oh, they're bad. Oh, they might not be that good this year. Oh, they give up 40 points per game. Who's going to get the number one overall seed? Oh, I don't know. And now Chiefs, here they are. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. It's all going to be the Chiefs in the end. Like Offense said, is back on track. Their defense is now one of the top units of the past three or four weeks. Like we said, they get a bye this week. So they'll stay at 7-4. and four. The game you were just peeking ahead to, the Buccaneers and the Colts. The Bucks are only a three-point favorite on the road. 7-3 and three against the hottest team in football, maybe, the Indianapolis Colts. I'd say it's either them or the New England Patriots, who are the hottest team as it stands right now. But... I like this Colts team a lot. I think that they dug themselves too deep of a hole at the beginning of the year. Not to say they still might not make the playoffs, but I think that they were an AFC South true contender, even with a healthy Derrick Henry. And I think that they were a lock for the playoffs uh, at, if they played like this all year long. I mean, they the roster and the, the game play that you're seeing right now makes them easily a top seven team in the AFC in my mind. It's just a matter of did those five losses and potentially what's going to turn into six losses because of Tampa Tom coming into town, is that too much for you to climb back from? I guess we'll have to see, but this strikes me as a game where Tampa Tom just goes down there and it's a it's a total cooling off of a team that's really hot and they win by some score like thirty one to twelve or thirty one to thirteen or thirty one to fourteen, like a total just handling of the game for right. the Buccaneers. Tom goes into Indianapolis saying, oh, you guys think you're good? Did you just win the Super Bowl last year at age 43, or, or was I the one? One of the biggest things, too, going is the Colts are built on Jonathan Taylor in the run. Buccaneers, one of the best, if not the best, at stopping the run. Vita, yeah, we'll Vita Vea who, being back is huge for them on that defense. We'll see which, which side gets the edge here. It's a total strength on strength there. Colts rushing versus the Buccaneers' rush defense. You know, if if... If the Bucks stop Jonathan Taylor, I'd be fine. I wouldn't say that's anything remarkably impressive for me by the Buccaneers' defense because I think they are one of the best defenses, especially against the run, if not overall. But if Jonathan Taylor goes out and does the opposite and runs all over them, then the, the, the conversation for league MVP just got a lot more interesting because he's been lighting it up all year long. Five touchdowns last week against Buffalo. If he can go out there and run down the throats of this Buccaneers defense, I think his name in that conversation is legitimate. You you cannot shrug it off any longer. 
just power read through the boring games. Panthers, Dolphins, Snooze, uh, although Cam Newton makes it interesting. Giants, Eagles, Eagles should handle them. Get right back into that wild card race, if not that division race with that win. Uh, Falcons, Jags, Jeez, that's disgusting. What is with, why, again, like so many questions for the NFL scheduling committee. Jets and Texans, to is put, that another put, question that you have? Yeah, to put this many bad games in one week. Chargers, Broncos, Chargers got to go to Denver, but they should handle business. Vikings, Niners, I would see the Vikings maybe losing that game in San Francisco because it's Minnesota. They're equally... They're equally perplexing both yeah. of those teams, and they're and they're in the same spot too. They're five, and, five, five. and five, trying yeah. to make that seven. That's a push. huge, huge game for mm-hmm. NFC implications. But I don't think there's a game bigger on the schedule this week than the four twenty five game of the week on Fox. The Rams go to one. Lambeau to play the Green Bay Packers. That's for the one seed right there. I mean, uh, and you could have said that with the. I mean, the Cardinals still have a lot to say about that, but the Rams and the the chart and the Packers are definitely right there and. A team that loses this game might be on the outside looking in for that first round bye. I, I, and the Rams still need to try to catch the Cardinals in their own division. So the Rams are, are looking at a five seed right now. Um, I think the Packers win that game, though, just because it's, it's at home. I mean, the Packers at Lambeau Field is just such a different animal. I, I don't see any team going in there this year and getting a W against them. I don't know if I do either, Tom. Because <sighs> their losses came, if I'm not mistaken – one was at Jacksonville, but they were playing the Saints in Jacksonville, so they were on the road uh, for that loss of the year. The one was against the Vikings without Aaron Rodgers, and that was in Minnesota. Um, no, and then oh yeah, yeah, it was in Minnesota, and then the one Sorry, without Aaron Rodgers was with I, the yeah, Chiefs, yeah, but that was an Arrowhead. That was so their own, their three losses have all come on the road. They haven't lost at Lambeau yet this year, and I. I don't think they're going to. So, And these teams played each other in the playoffs last year in Los Angeles. Uh, that team, of course, was the Rams team at the time was led by Jared Goff and that other kid who I always forget the name of. Because Wolford. John we, Wolford There's or no reason to name him other than for that one playoff game. But the Packers beat the Rams on the road. You think the Packers in this one too? I, I saw something here watching the ticker on NFL Network saying Matt Stafford is like 0-16 when facing teams that are – at least five games above 500. 0 and 16. Rut row, Raggy, because you're playing against one right now against the Green Bay Packers in their house. And before we get to the triple play, uh, got to talk about this game because it's, and I'm so looking forward to the Seahawks going to Washington <laughs> and playing the Washington football team on Monday Night Football. It's the game of the year, God, right? it's such garbage. Oh, flex that Vikings-Niners game to Monday Night Football, huh? I, mean, I, I, I wish we could flex Monday Night games. Uh, that it, Vi- it'd, be, it'd be impossible to do that so. That Niners-Vikings game is stuck not being the game of the week because of Rams-Packers. That's still a great game, right? I'd, I'd, I'll watch, be, I'll I'd be, watch the hell out of that. I'll be watching if I could. Let's, through the two of them, yeah. let's get to the triple play before we get on out of here. Jacob, last week you went one and two. Yeah, not my and best. I went two and one, and that you means took the lead we back? nope. Or we're tied. We're tied now. I went one and two, or I went two and one. That brings me to eighteen and twelve. You went one and two. That brings you to eighteen and twelve. 18 and 12. As so you said, we are tied. I'm gonna go ahead and kick things off with my triple play this week. These limited, are limited options we have. Yeah, it's a tough it? week to pick, and I'm doing a couple hold your nose. This this pick stinks kind of picks. All right, you ready? Sure. Dolphins plus two at home against the Panthers. I think the Dolphins are going to win that football game against Carolina. Eagles minus three and a half on the road against the Giants. I think the Eagles win that game by a touchdown. And finally, I hate that I'm betting on this game. 
Texans minus two and a half over the Jets. I think the Texans win that game at home. Tyrod Taylor makes them a better team than people think. So I got the Texans giving two and a half. I got the Eagles giving three and a half, and I got the Dolphins plus two. One underdog, two favorites in my triple play. I'll start with the game of the year. It's a pick'em game between the Seahawks and the Washington football team. I think the Seahawks just take that one. Oh, on the road. I do. I I mean, Washington really, I mean, other than that one win they just had uh, against um, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, thank you. There's really been nothing special to say about this, this team, and they almost lost that game for that matter. Uh, where else should I go, Tom, here? You tell me. It's your pick. It is my pick. I think I'll go with – oh, my God, and they're just all so bad. I'll go the Chargers minus, minus two, two and, and a half, half over the uh, Broncos. Over the Broncos. Okay. I, I think that the Chargers are able to win that game by at least a field goal. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Uh, I, I, I think I use the word shock too much in my triple play because I'm only 18 and 12, and I say <laughs> shocked, and then 12 times it's been – Incorrect. So maybe I need to find a different word to use there. And I'll go Packers plus one against the Rams. I like that pick a lot. If you can get Packers with points at Lambeau Field, I think you should take it all the time. So that's I, I like I'm, I have pick envy as far as that pick. Well, you have you have the option. You went first. I did. That's true. All right, Steelers Bengals one o'clock Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium. Steelers are a plus three and a half point underdog in this game. Got to win this one. Season's hanging on the edge. I think that the team that wins heads towards the playoffs. The team that loses falls back towards the pack. So this is a swing game for both teams. It just smells like a Steelers win to me. I'm going Steelers 24, Bengals 20. I've gone so back and forth in this game. Yesterday with all my relatives, I had so many different conversations. Who are you picking? Who are you picking? I think every time someone asked me, I gave a different answer. With a different score. Well, I'm going to ask you one last time who you pick. My last my last go of it, I'll go Steelers in this one. Tight game. I'll go Steelers 17, Bengals 13. Low scoring affair. Definitely take the under in that one. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for giving the Steelers standard a listen. Steelers-Bengals, 1 o'clock this Sunday. And we will be back on Monday with some fresh episodes in your face, wrapping it all up. So look forward to that. Look forward to talking to you then on the Steelers standard.